two retired detectives that were in the thick of New York crime, fast and hectic. They got some stories and some jokes, even an interview with the most powerful folks. Off the cuff, off the cuff, one episode just ain't enough. Get a little laughter and an interview too. Wow, great, great guitar riff. That guy can play, man. You know, the, uh, I love that open. The writer of that song is a good friend of mine that I grew up with. He wrote it, he played the guitar, he sang it, and played, he played all the instruments on it. He was great, you know. And the uh, best thing is he didn't charge him anything for it, so he's getting all he's getting is free exposure, and so are we. But uh, it's great, the off the cuff song. We love it. So, uh, how, welcome everyone tonight. Uh, I'm your host, Bill Cannon. I'm a retired 27 year veteran of the NYPD, and with my co-host straight out of brooklyn retired nypd detective phil grimaldi how you doing tonight phil i'm doing pretty good billy and i'm just excited to do a show with uh a happy ending this is uh looking forward to this you know we touched upon this uh last night uh but it wasn't last night we didn't even intend to do this case right but people were talking about it in the chat and we were said it's such a great story and it has a great ending that we want to cover this. We want to talk about a missing person case of a four-year-old that actually, well, it's not over, but they recover the young girl named Cleo Smith and she's alive and smiling and everything. And it's so, I mean, it's so heartwarming to, to just, that she's missing for three weeks. And usually when it reaches that time period, uh, when the, the recovery is the recovery of a dead body, you know, and this uh, just, you know, all the cops, they when they broke into the house where they had a feeling she was. Salty C, thank you so much for the $49.99 super sticker. We really appreciate that. Uh, so when they, I'll put you up on the screen there. When when they uh, found her and she said, my name's uh, Cleo, and they all the cops were crying. You know, they were just so, so touched by it. As, you know, as any cop would uh, work in these cases. You've worked these cases before. And when it, whenever a case involves a kid, it gets that much more to your heartstrings and, and you want to solve the case because uh, you don't want anyone hurting a kid. You know, Billy, when I read that, that when she said, uh, my name is Cleo, and they said the officers became emotional, it, it kind of choked me up a little inside too because, you know, you work so many of these cases and, and just some of the cases that we've covered recently and they don't turn out like this one turned out. So it's really, I'm sure it was tears of joy. Those guys must've been so happy that, uh, you know, you go to work and you, you put on the badge and you, and you put on the gun and, uh, you do things, uh, to try and get justice for people. But in this particular case to return a little four year old, beautiful young little girl that was missing for three weeks or 18 days, whatever it was, I don't think there's anything better. Oh, there she is. What a beauty. Unbelievable. God bless us. And you just can't imagine anyone trying to hurt a little girl like that. But there's there's a lot of sick uh, sick bastards out there. I'll put it that way, you know. Oh yeah. I want, oh, yeah. I'm going to pull up a slide on the screen that is actually a really great. This is a, a timeline, and you could see uh, 
6 uh, 6:30 p.m. on the 15th of October the Smith family goes to this campgrounds uh it's called the Blowholes campsite at Carnarvon in uh, western Australia and it's actually a beautiful beautiful place right on the ocean and it's just gorgeous and then at 1:30 in the morning they're sleeping in a tent uh Cleo wakes up asks for some water and she goes straight back to sleep uh at 6:20 a.m. uh the mom wakes up to feed the other child and realizes that Cleo is missing. So right there, they have a, a, a very specific timeline. It's between 1.30 in the morning and at this period, at this point, 6.20 in the morning. But then there's some reports that there was a vehicle on the campsite between 3 and 3.30. So they closed that timeline because they figured that the person that may have kidnapped uh, Cleo was in that car. So it was between right. 1.30 and 3.30 in the morning. And I, this didn't occur to them so simply, like day one they, that occurred to them. You, as Phil calls it, he calls it spitballing. I call it hypothesizing and theorizing. And after, you know, look, 18, 19 days of this, they somehow figure this out. They put it together with some um, CCTV um, yes. Yes. video. And so, and, and not so simply, I mean, because when you explain this, these these leads to people that have never worked a missing person case or never done an investigation, they think, oh, wow, that was simple. No, no, it's never that simple. I'm oversimplifying it from the information that we have right now. Uh, 10.30 a.m. the 16th of October, police officers arrive at the site to assist with the search. Huge police operations begin begins to find Cleo. Billy, and can what, I just jump in for a second? I just yeah, go want ahead. to back up a little bit. There's a couple of things. This particular uh, timeline, it just leaves out a, a couple of small details, but I think they're important. Uh, obviously, they arrived at the campsite at about 6.30 p.m. on the 15th. Um, about 8 p.m. is when they put Cleo to bed. She was wearing a pink one-piece pajama. So the parents hang out. Uh, the, both kids are sleeping. There's a, a younger sister, Isla, who's seven months old. And about 1.30, she did wake up for the drink of water that's listed in this uh, timeline. And then at about 6.20 a.m., like you said, uh, is when the sister wakes up uh, crying for a bottle. And that's when they noticed that the uh, that uh, Cleo was missing. But there was also something very important to the investigation in that timeline. They said that the tent that they were in, uh, was a split tent. It was uh, like a, like a two room tent, and they believed that the zipper was raised so high on the area where she was removed from, with along with her sleeping bag, that she could never have reached that high. So it wasn't like uh, that she actually got up and left the tent. So that's why right away there was just an all out search and a manhunt. Um, but as you go on, there's a couple other things I want to add, Billy. But uh, I guess we can move on from uh, the ten thirty in the morning point. Yeah, I mean, if you see this, one of the things I'd like to compliment the West Australia police in doing is that they gave it the manpower that it deserved day one. I think they sent, from what I read, they sent about 100 cops, 100 investigators to this scene. And they kept the pressure on the whole time. And you can't chintz on a missing person case like this. You can't uh, not assign enough personnel. You got to hit it with everything you got from minute one. And then, and then you got to keep the pressure on. And that's Absolutely. what I believe was done in this case. And it's this case is not really much different than many missing person cases. But however, look, let's give the uh, West Australian police all the credit in the world. 
they recovered this four-year-old girl and they've recovered her alive. And it's it's just fantastic. We look at other cases that we've covered. The Summer Wells case is coming on five months right now. I don't know the uh, the inside investigation in that case. All I know is that Summer is still missing. They haven't recovered Summer. They haven't recovered a body. Her parents, I in my mind, are still suspects in that case. And this one is so heartwarming because they they recovered Cleo and she's alive and it's 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 just a fantastic thing. Absolutely, Billy. And uh, you know, in this case, the Summer Wells case, all of the cases, this is where the media becomes so important and keeping the story alive. Uh, you know, sometimes, I mean, if you look at the uh, the case with Gabby Petito, had the, the the media attention not been on that case, she may still not have been recovered. Uh, unfortunately she was, you know, she, she was deceased when she was recovered, but that, uh, that Bethune family, uh, uh, Jen and Kyle, I believe it was, they actually were the ones that went back into their social media and they looked, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, they saw it on social media. They went back into their video from their GoPro camera and they spotted the van. It was very, very important. It was one of the, uh, most important turning points in that whole investigation that led to her body being found uh, very close by from where that, uh, that white van was. So again, the media, as much as uh, there's times in law enforcement, we don't like the media. They do things that, uh, you know, reporting correct information and stuff in these type of cases, uh, keeping the, uh, story in the media, opening everyone's eyes, making everyone aware, uh, I think is very, very important. 100%. I'm going to play a little of this tape because, you can see how even emotional the reporters get on this case and because it wasn't a national missing person case. It was an international missing person case. And you can just listen we to this. We begin with major, major breaking news this morning. Missing four-year-old Cleo Smith has been found alive. I think we were all stunned when that news came through in the last few minutes. Nine's Lucy McLeod is in Perth for us. And Lucy... She went missing on October 3. It's been a long three weeks. What can you tell us? Oh my God, hasn't it? So uh, pretty much one this morning uh, is when it all happened. Police uh, broke into a home in Carnarvon. Uh, they found her in her locked room. An officer picked her up, asked her what her name was. She said, my name is Cleo. Uh, and that that was pretty much it. And, and they've, they've got a man in custody at the moment. But incredible police work. A huge amount of effort has gone into this. It's been the first weekend of October that she went missing. It was uh, early hours of that. Saturday morning that she was last seen. Uh, her mum, uh, she asked her mum for a drink of water. Uh, by the time her mum woke up at six uh, the next day, uh, yeah, she was missing. So, uh, yeah, uh, incredible police work. They've had 100 officers on this, working on this, 50 up in Carnarvon, 50 down here. They've been working with the AFP. The FBI was even involved. There was secret technology uh, going into all of this. They used satellites. Uh, they used, they, they've used everything that they have on this. They've had uh, specialist trackers going into this, using telephone uh, telephone towers to track whoever was in the area. They've had over a thousand calls to to Crime Stoppers, which was incredible as well. Uh, and they said just yesterday that her abductor may not have been captured on any uh, security vision just because of how vast this country is uh, and, and that there was limited security uh, footage and even dash cam footage. So it'd be incredible to see what comes out of this uh, and incredible to see what police say today. 
Yeah, it, it certainly will be. Um, and, and given they've got this uh, this guy in custody, uh, interesting to see what, what, what transpires uh, through all that. Our reporter not far away from that police station in Carnarvon too, so we'll be there as soon as we can. But we did just hear from West Australian police. It's worth, it's worth having another look at this. It's my privilege to announce that in the early hours of this morning, the Western Australian Police Force rescued Cleo Smith. Cleo is alive and well. A police team broke their way into a locked house in Carnarvon at about 1am. They found little Cleo in one of those rooms. One of the officers picked her up into his arms and asked her, what's your name? She said, my name is Cleo. Cleo was re reunited with her parents a short time later. This is the outcome we all hoped and prayed for. It's the outcome we've achieved because of some incredible police work. And I want to thank Cleo's parents, the Western Australian community, and all of the volunteers. And of course, I want to thank my colleagues in the Western Australian Police Force. I can confirm that we have a man from Carnarvon in custody who is currently being questioned by detectives. We'll have more to say on the rescue of Cleo as the day unfolds. Now, welcome home, Cleo. Such powerful words, that, isn't it? Welcome home, Cleo. You know, Phil, one of the things I want to say is, and, and because we've worked these cases before, we know the first thing that you're always going to do on a case like this is you're going to look at the parents. That's, you know, that's a murder case, anything. You're going to first look at the parents. And once you're satisfied that they're, some, they're somewhat clear, then you're going to move on and you're going to believe what actually happened. I think in this case, they probably believed it uh, right away because there was no reason to think there was any foul play here. They were camping and they were, she was taken from a tent. And um, so I, I think that they could probably have eliminated the parents rather quickly. What do you, what do you feel about that? You know what, Billy, I think that you're right on track in a situation like this. I mean, let's say, you know, you get a call, you called out your detectives on, on the case on a missing person, a little child, four years old missing. You meet with the parents. I'm running them to see if they have criminal records. I'm going to also do maybe a, a check to see if there's any, uh, uh, 911 calls, any police response to the home. And I want to look into those things. Maybe those things came up negative. I think there was also uh, a closed circuit TV camera that was working off of uh, uh, a motion sensor that picked up Chloe uh, Cleo's voice, picked up her voice. That's what, so that basically put her at the location. So it wasn't like they went there to, to stage this, you know, disappearance of their daughter. So they believed pretty much early on that she was at the location. Now the zipper location of the tent was up high. So that indicated that uh, someone who obviously was much bigger than a four-year-old child was able to open that zipper. So uh, yeah, we would definitely be looking at the parents right away to eliminate them as well as uh, make them, you know, possibly be suspects. So uh, I think that, you know, uh, it's just standard. And, and not only parents of a child, if uh, a husband reports his wife's wife missing, wife reports the hus husband missing, you're always going to go to the reporter and look into them to see what their uh, criminal history might be like or what's going on in, in their lives, you know, and, and you'll, you'll question them, so to speak. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I always like to point out in a lot of these, um, uh, missing person cases and homicides also, there's something called geographical profiling. And I think that that very well could have been used in this case. Simply what it means is that you're going to look for someone that lives in this area as, as the number one suspect. And as it turned out, and it's easy for me to say, no, oh, geographical profiling, 
He lived seven minutes from their home. So could he have targeted this little girl because he'd seen her before? So that's one of the reasons that you would use something called geographical profiling because is someone going to travel a long distance outside this area to commit this crime? No, I think that's why it makes sense that it has to be someone within a, the proximity to their home, within the proximity to the uh, campsite. Yeah, someone who's going to abduct a child or any type of uh, serial uh, abductor or whatever you want to call them. I mean, they have a comfort zone that they want to be in. And, you know, if you're in a strange place, you're not going to feel comfortable, uh, you know, sneaking around and doing whatever this guy did. He may have been stalking Cleo before uh, they went to this location, or he may have just been stalking the actual location. Sounds like it's a, a campsite. It's probably very popular with tourists and families that want to go there. You know, we saw on some of the video, those wonderful sights of those blowholes when the, uh, the waves come in and uh, you know, so I guess it's probably an area that's uh, well-traveled and maybe he was uh, the person who did the abduction was uh, staking it out, you know? Yeah, you got a pretty good view of this is some of the the vast area that they were talking about. There's some drones up in the area. Mm -hmm. uh, drones can uh, look at the ground, see if the ground's been disturbed. They can cover a large area. Let me let me hit us with some sound. Cleo here. was probably wondering. I mean, they probably crossed paths at some point. I mean, that's incredible. Uh, so yeah, in, insane police work here. I mean, they've been doing it every single day. Huge amount of resources going into this, and I've spoken to police uh, on this, and 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 some that aren't on this, and they've said it's incredibly huge hours going into it, uh, and huge resources. I mean, it was described as one of the most complex cases in. WA police history. Look, it was a tough one too, wasn't it? I mean, um, especially for her parents, doubly tough um, with, with all the criticisms that were coming. Also, the police investigation meandered at mm. times um, um, through to their own house. Mm. Um, we saw evidence being collected um, at, at various points. Um, there were all kinds of um, awful accusations uh, online that parents had to deal with um, mum and stepdad. And, you know, no one really knew for sure what had gone on, especially as it turns out, the parents. Now, for them to, to have her back in their arms in the wee small hours of this morning, um, I, can you imagine? I mean, can you imagine? Imagine the wake-up call. Yeah. You couldn't. No. <laughs> no. Imagine the wake-up call. I mean, you, because you'd be, for days, there'd be the pressure. Like, I mean, you'd get calls from police every single day hoping that that would be the call, that that would be the call. And, and finally, one this morning, around the same time that she, you know, incredibly the same time that she asked her mum for a drink of water, you know, 18, 19 days ago, whatever it was. I mean incredible pressure on the parents. I mean, they've copped it heaps, but also police too. I mean, no doubt over the over the past three weeks, there's been a ton of pressure on them, especially that she they had no idea where she was, who she was with. I mean, this is insane. I mean, this, the story went national, international as yeah. well. I mean, they had international agencies working on this as well. The the FBI, everyone was briefed on it. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, we feared that it'd be another another Madeleine McCann, another, you know, William Tyrrell, uh, you know, but this is incredible. I mean, I, I can't believe it myself. You know, what you're saying there is exactly, is exactly right, Lucy. It's like you get a call as a parent mm. at one in the morning. I mean, you're not, you're not thinking it's a good call. And, and for them to have that relief, um, that sheer and utter yeah. and complete relief that their baby, their child it's is okay. And imagine what your first question would be, is she okay? Mm. And for the police to say she is yeah. alive mm. and she is well, 
Um, obviously, there's so much more to come from this. But you know, it was interesting that the language sort of changed in the last 24 hours and the police started talking about this being an opportunistic abduction. I wonder if it was at that well, you know, when they talk about an opportunist uh, abduction, that's what we were referring to um, before. Did this guy, this 36-year-old man who they really haven't identified yet, and apparently he was known to, he was known to the police, and they didn't really want to talk about that. They just uh, they just raised that specter, yes, he was known to the police. In fact, that's one of the favorite things the NYPD always likes to say. The perp was known to the department. You know, they, how many times have you heard that over your police career? You yeah, know? that sounds like uh, he's arrested before. Um, but they did say he wasn't on a sec sex offender reg registry. The person that they have in custody um, was not on a sex offender registry. However, there may be other people involved in this thing. Just because they have someone in custody, uh, maybe he was in that home. Or I think they said the home was vacant at the time. Somehow or another, they tied him to the home. But there could be someone else involved in this thing. And, you know, Billy, just thinking about the report that we just watched, imagine 18 days in when that phone rings, you're thinking it's the worst. You're getting a call from the police. It's 18 days in. I can't even imagine how elated they were, those people, that they got the call that she was fine. And, uh, you know, if you if, if you throw up that picture again, she doesn't look like she's in bad shape. The one in the hospital where she's uh, eating the yes, ice pot. Um, here we go. Yep. I mean, she looks... To me, and I, you can only see it from obviously from like the waist up, she looks like she's in fine condition, which I'm so happy about. Um, 18 days, she must have been being cared for, obviously fed, and uh, she does look clean. So, uh, I mean, all indications are uh, she looks pretty well. So it seems like she was well taken care of, you know? You know, Phil, I just want to touch upon the fact that just because the suspect who hasn't uh, been identified he's just been identified as a 36 year old male known to the police just because he wasn't on a sexual offender registry doesn't mean he's not a sexual offender uh yes, you know because true. there's many people that are bad criminals that just just don't get caught you know and uh he very well could be a sexual offender he very well also could be you know uh what we call an edp emotionally disturbed person and you know there were some reports that uh when he was in the cells, he either banged his head against the bars or someone gave him a beating because he wound up in the hospital. So, and then they're very, the Australian police are very, very closed mouth, not like the NYPD. Uh, they would, they, they haven't talked about that. They just, oh yeah, he's in the hospital now. They haven't said how it happened, you know? Yeah, I, I, if he's responsible for this, I hope somebody did bang his head against the cells. And, you know, unfortunately here in America, in New York City specifically, uh, that's all the media would be worried about right now. Oh, he was uh, he was assaulted. He was taken to the hospital. How did he get the injury? You know, let's face it. We don't want to, you know, I'm not a, a proponent of police brutality, but if this person is the scumbag that took this girl and abducted her from her family for 18 days and somebody uh, went upside his head, I'm, I got no problem with that. I'm sorry. That's just the way I feel about it. You know, Phil, for some reason, you know, in this the culture we're in now, the anti-police culture, they they care more about the perpetrator than they yeah. do about victims, and yeah. they, and and more. Of course, they don't care about the police. Period. This anti-police culture. But I'm going to play another thing. This has a little, little to do with the uh, the investigation of this. 
are celebrating the very best outcome in the search for Cleo Smith. For 18 days, the four-year-old was missing. She disappeared from a campsite in the middle of the night and was rescued in the middle of the night from a bedroom just minutes from where her family has been waiting. While we've been given an image of Cleo happily in her hospital bed, a 36-year-old local man who only became a suspect yesterday is also in hospital under arrest. A beaming Cleo Smith in hospital with a wave clutching an ice block, found when all hope seemed lost. What a great day. Uh, we now have uh, returned Cleo to her loving parents. Uh, it's a wonderful day for uh, this little girl and her loving family. 18 days after she vanished, early this morning, they found the little girl in the pink pajamas. Cleo, my name's Cameron, how are you? Are you okay? We're going to take and see mummy and daddy, okay? Is that good? Detective Senior Sergeant Cameron Blaine saw her first. I just wanted to be absolutely sure that, um, you know, it certainly looked like Cleo. Um, I wanted to be absolutely sure it was her, so I said, what's your name? And she didn't answer, and I said, what's your name? Um, she didn't answer again, so I asked her a third time, and then she looked at, and looked at me and she said, my name's Cleo. And it was, um, and that was it, so. At 1am, police raided this home in Carnarvon. Cleo was inside, alone. I'm just so proud, you know, I've got to be the proudest police commissioner in the world because I'm so proud of this team. Uh, they're just dedicated team. It's an outcome that, yeah, we hope for. Uh, you don't always get what you hope for. A neighbour ran out as detectives placed Cleo in the police car. I stood up and went through, I ran there, stood up toward toward um, detective's window, yeah, and I saw Cleo in the back, you know. Yeah, that's it. Cleo was quickly reunited with her mum and stepdad. So what was Cleo's reaction to seeing her parents for the first time? Oh, you know, <laughs> mummy, <laughs> big hugs, kisses, um, yeah, and lots of tears, you know, so as you can expect. Ellie Smith took to social media a simple message, our family is whole again. Good morning, ma'am. Sorry to sorry sorry to bother you. I just wanted to ask what your thoughts are that Cleo Smith was found right next door. Oh, very pleased. I I actually got a call about four thirty from my nephew, and said, "Ah, I just put the news on, and she's been found." WA's police commissioner messaged the premier with the news. I woke up at about three and I saw the message, so it was a great piece of news. And uh, a, um, he sent me a photo of little Cleo in a hospital bed, sitting there smiling. So it was a wonderful piece of news. A growing wave of relief rolled over the country from the PM in Dubai. This is every parent's worst nightmare. And the fact that that nightmare has come to an end and our worst fears were not realised um, is just a huge relief. To the local baker. Since I found out I've had goosebumps and they haven't left my body for the last, I don't know, two hours. As police rescued Cleo, they arrested a 36-year-old man at another location. It's thought he is not known to the family. In the carport, a small Mazda sedan. The question now, is it the car that was seen driving from the campsite at 3 a.m. the morning Cleo disappeared? Maybe they take it off in the car, like if he's in a rush. Yeah. Like if he's paranoid or, yeah. One neighbour thought it was odd the man had been seen buying nappies 
at the local Woolworths when they knew he had no children. Another said in recent days, the behaviour of the 36-year-old had changed. He doesn't have his dog at the front, like he have his dogs at the back, but through all this week he had his dog at the front and he's been acting like weird, like, you know. Cleo was found just seven minutes from the family home, three minutes from the local police station and 75 kilometres from the blowholes campsite from where she was taken. Police used battering rams to enter the house. The sounds must have been terrifying before an officer softly asked the four-year-old, what's your name? And she said, um, my name is Cleo, uh, which and apparently it's recorded on a video. So uh, that's um, no doubt an amazing piece of video and it must have been a, uh, just a uh, one of those spine-tingling moments uh, when she said her name and they picked her up. So just a wonderful moment for all of us. You know, an amazing thing. I love the way they talk. We found the dog. I love those Aussie accents. I got have, have a good die, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's, I don't it's know. amazing. Just, just looking at those pictures, I, I'm getting choked up because how could anybody want to harm a child like that? Now, I'm hoping and I'm praying that she wasn't harmed in any way, shape, or form. Hopefully, it was just an EDP that, you know, just wanted a kid or whatever. But please, God, let it be that that she's okay. Well, you know, forensically, they're going to uh, process the house. Uh, I'm sure. I, I saw they took a rug, and that leads me to believe that they're checking for potentially biological fluids left on that rug. Yeah. And you know, and that that's disturbing to me. But they oh. have to they have to treat this, uh, of course, uh, the the home like a crime scene because it is a, a crime scene. And well, if you saw the detectives, they had the uh, the booties over their shoes and they had the gloves on, so they definitely the, are yeah, they, you know, treating it as such. And they they did remove, uh, as I said, uh, if I would have kept playing it, they showed that they removed uh, a rug. So one of the things is on these investigations, you know, we these with all the technology we have, um, we should be able to solve some of these uh, that were unsolvable years ago, but. This area where the kidnapping occurred, you see, it's 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 very vast. It's it's almost like desert in parts, but then the ocean, uh, you know, the ocean is there also, and it's just so technology maybe like cell phone cell sites, those type of things might not be uh, available, and uh, so the technology may not actually come into play. In, but it, however, it did when we talk about how they identified the car. You know, the yes. car, want to speak upon that, Phil? Yeah, I mean, I it, apparently the car was picked up on uh, closed circuit TV, or, or you know, we called them, uh, you know, cameras, a security cam, uh, and I think they were able to identify the vehicle. Uh, that's how it seems like they got to this location. We're kind of reading between the lines a little bit because they are being quite tight-lipped about it, which I'm okay with, and I'm sure you are too, Bill. But, uh, you know, uh, I think that because it's such a large uh, area and it's well-traveled by tourists and it's a campsite, there may be some uh, – I mean, they did have a, a closed-circuit TV in the area that works on a motion sensor. So maybe the cell sites did work, and I think that would also be – 
very important to place in both the parents if they have cell phones at the scene and nobody leaving and stuff like that. So that may have uh, really made it stronger, the fact that they believe that the parents weren't involved. I don't know how quickly they could get that information, but that would be one of the things that obviously would be done uh, probably uh, early on in the investigation. But uh, again, they mentioned about someone said that uh, they saw him buying diapers uh, in a local uh, store. And uh, I think that, uh, I don't know if they called it in or not, but again, the media's role in these type of things, keeping it active. Uh, if someone had called that in, that would have been uh, very helpful too. Absolutely. Let me just get, this is the, they're running forensically to checking out the scene. Here, uh, in Carnarvon, around seven minutes away from where the family home is. This is the house where Cleo Smith was found inside, we're told, by herself, locked in a room around 12.46am this morning was when police conducted a raid on the property, burst their way into a locked room and found Cleo there. Now, uh, forensics obviously have a big job to do here. This uh, entire section of the road here has been uh, a crime scene all morning and they will um, obviously be combing through the inside of this property to gather any forensic evidence to try to work out the motives behind the 36-year-old man who was currently in custody being interviewed by police at Carnarvon Police Station and just exactly how he was able to take Cleo away from that campsite now almost 19 days ago. We saw police uh, leave a bit earlier with a crowbar and battering ram. They were able to force their way in and find Cleo uh, and we're told it was uh, tears of emotion and joy for uh, the hundreds of officers here and including some of the more senior officers including um, Cole Blanche and Chris Dawson, the uh, Deputy Commissioner and Assistant Commissioner uh, who are working on this case, have been working on this case tirelessly with all the officers who are involved. Uh, Cleo reuniting with her family here today, this morning in Carnarvon and uh, residents here in the street have been waking up to the news. Um, they've been uh, glued to this coverage as much as everyone else around uh, the country has been. Uh, there wasn't too many um, noises, I guess, here early when that raid was conducted. Um, but people here did see Cleo uh, be taken out by detectives. They say she looks well, um, other than being a bit scared and frightened. But uh, the fact that she hasn't had to go to hospital, um, and we're told she is in good spirits this morning with her family still here in Carnarvon. It's fantastic news. It's news that no one really thought would be possible. Um, and now it is the job of forensics, as you can see behind me. Um, they have a big job ahead. They're only just starting, I guess, their investigations here at the property. Lots of residents, as you can see, a little bit further in the background. Um, certainly keeping an eye on things. They say um, the man who lives at this property um, uh, is known to them. They don't know a whole lot about him. He isn't known to the family, we're told, um, and he is assisting our police, of course, with those inquiries. We're yet to have any charges laid, but there is expected to be an update a little bit later in the day. Uh, the town of Carnarvon here has been holding out hope for so long, uh, and this good news has now been rewarded. Clara Smith is back in her parents' arms today, along with her uh, little sister, Isla, as well, too. It's uh, fantastic news, and um, we wait now to find out more information as to uh, where this investigation heads next. Josh, how is the community feeling there, knowing that information that you've shared, that uh, at this stage we are aware that there is no link between this man and the family, that it appears to be a random incident? It must send shockwaves through the community. 
It has, certainly has. Um, a couple of the neighbours we've spoken to next door have just been uh, surprised, really, that, that, that she would be right here. And that is, I guess, one of the more surprising elements of this um, development this morning, that Cleo has been found in Carnarvon, the town she calls home, the town she goes to school. There were um, fears that she may have been long gone uh, in other parts of WA or even other parts of the country. And this is such a, a massive area where she went missing around the Blowholes campsite. There were so many roads leading away, dirt paths, tracking away. So to be found uh, here in this home behind me, like I said, just seven minutes away from the family home is incredible. But there is uh, a bit of shock, a bit of surprise, I guess, from, from the residents here. But in saying that as well, there's also a sense of relief because in so many of these cases, sadly, um, you know, these children are either never found or it's the worst possible scenario. Uh, the hope was certainly fading as the days continue to drag out. But the fact that she's been found and someone is now in police custody, I guess it gives the town here in Carnarvon uh, a sense of comfort that they can hopefully return to feeling safe in their community and safe at the campsite, which is a very popular holiday spot here. So um, this is certainly the result that everyone was hoping for, even if there'd been a little bit of faith lost over the last couple of days. But um, it will be uh, a story I'm sure this town will be long remembered for. Uh, but most importantly, we'll also um, allow these residents here to, to go back to their homes and their lives with a sense of safety and security. Josh, paint us a picture of the street there, the home. It seems reasonably private, a high fence. It's got shrubs in the front. Uh, people walking past outside would have been... You know, Phil, in, in these investigations, and uh, I, we can't say enough praise for the uh, Western Australia Police, uh, also as an organisation... They basically threw unlimited resources at, at it. And that's how you solve these cases. You can't chintz on these cases of a four-year-old kid missing, you know, and you got to throw all the personnel, all the equipment, uh, all, all the possible scientific resources, reach out to whoever you have to. And luckily in this case, it look at there's a positive conclusion. And you know, I always say, well, when I used to teach criminal justice, I used to say criminal investigation is an art and it's a science. And when art and science come together, it's a powerful weapon to uh, to find out the truth. Yeah, I really love that. The art and science come together. The art is the uh, investigators and their uh, expertise and the science. We just follow the science. And, um, you know, Billy, when something like this happens, a four-year-old is reported missing, the clock is ticking. And uh, like you said, you got to throw everything at it as soon as you can. Manpower, resources, technology. Uh, they had drones up. And uh, we were very fortunate that that uh, – that license plate was picked up or that vehicle was picked up on a, a closed circuit TV, a security camera. And uh, they were able to uh, track it to that home and, and, and find her alive. I think it's just uh, a real testament to the hard work of uh, the, the police officers in Western Australia, for sure, Bill. You know, uh, Phil, even if right now uh, the defendant who I, I'd heard they used a last name of Kelly uh, on but that was it. They didn't give any other information about him. But even if at some at, at the point of his arrest, even if he lawyers up, he can't explain having this four-year-old in his house. You know what I mean? Oh, so there's no way he can explain that. So, uh, you know, he can go reach out. He can lawyer up. And I don't know what the laws are in Australia in regards to uh, seeking counsel. But in this, this little four-year-old missing girl, missing for 18 days, is found in his house. And then they connect the other dots of the investigation, the plate to the car, the car, the CCT 
V recording of her voice, uh, the fact that he was out buying diapers, uh, all of those things are strong evidence. And I said, even if he refuses to talk from the point of arrest on, they still have a very, very strong case to prosecute him. 100% Billy. And I'm so glad you brought that up because there was a couple of things going through my mind. Number one, uh, the video cameras in the store, I would want to get that him purchasing, uh, the diapers. Of course, uh, uh, we call that circumstantial evidence, but that'll be powerful in court. Why is a guy who's, let's say he's single and has no children. Why is he buying diapers? So right off the bat, that's a gimme on that one. Um, his cell phone activity, his cell phone might place him at the location of the campsite on the morning that uh, she was abducted. And they believe it's around three o'clock in the morning between three and three 30 that that vehicle was spotted. So if his cell phone is in that area, again, more circumstantial evidence. And you know, you're going to have other evidence inside the home that might uh, yield some information, deep dive into his social media, deep dive into his computer. I mean, his cell phone would be a, a, a great, uh, thing to look into. Maybe there's pictures on. They may have been stalking her. They, they lived only a few miles apart. There might be videos or, or pictures of, of him or even of other children, which would show a pattern of his behavior. So there's so many things that uh, are going to take place now that they have somebody in custody. So you're, you're making the point that uh, the investigation is really just beginning. I mean, it's been going for 18 days, but the investigation into him is now in high gear. 100% folks, this is Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. If you like this show, please go on our YouTube, subscribe to us, hit that bell, give us a thumbs up. My producer tells me every other day that 46% of the people that watch and listen to us aren't subscribed. What are you guys doing? You're trying to, <laughs> you're trying to tell us you don't like us? You know, please just hit that subscribe button, give us a thumbs up and ring that bell. So, yeah, this is just an amazing case. And, and, you know, I've worked missing person cases like this. And any lead could potentially be that smoking gun lead we talk about, you know. And in this case, it seemed like the smoking gun lead happened th three weeks in, just really the same day almost that uh, they, 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 gra they grabbed little uh, Cleo. And that was the information on the car and potentially getting the license plate number on the car, which led them to the house, which led them, led them to recover Chloe. And then voila, now the rest is you just put the case together. You have her, she's alive. That's the most important thing. You know, Billy, you brought up the part about the, uh, the vehicle. They may not have had a full plate. They may have done what we know as a lawman search, and they may have been going to locations. And when they went to the location and they saw the car, they think it's the car now. The house looks abandoned. They wind up, they must have got a search warrant. They went in and they broke in and they found her. So that's what I'm thinking maybe happened because there isn't an 18 day, uh, you know, 18 days into this investigation before they were able to come up with that. I mean, you know, if you had a plate early on, you run it, you come up with the address, you go to the location, you do a, a quick recon on a location and see what you see. So 18 days in, I don't think it took them that long to get the, uh, the plate off of this video camera that they got, unless they just recovered it in the last couple of days. So anything's possible, but that could be a, a likely scenario that they did a lawman search, which we know is, you know, where you put a partial plate into the system and it gives you all the uh, vehicles that fit into that uh, category with that plate. You know, you might wind up with a couple of dozen, you might wind up with two or three, or you could wind up with hundreds depending on the area. You know, Phil, it's, uh, you know, I keep, I, I keep, I keep, 
thinking of all the, the cases that we've worked on in the NYPD, major persons, kidnappings, you know, murders. And when you solve the case such, such as this, you didn't really have a chance to enjoy it because the next one was coming like the next day I or the know. day after, <laughs> you know, and you were like, oh, I just want to sit back and have a couple of beers and enjoy this case. And then all of a sudden another one comes in and they go, what are you doing? Get out there. And you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. I just wanted, I wanted some time just to, you know, decompress a little bit. Sure we, we, sure. we really didn't get that time to decompress, right? Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. But I'm I'm thinking that, you know, in our job, if you did something really exceptional, the union would have, you know, they have a detective of the month or something like that, and they give you, they have a luncheon. And I'm hoping that that happens with the investigators in this case. I would love to buy these guys a beer, the main players in it. You know, that would be great. But uh, uh, like you said, though, sometimes, uh, you know, I've worked the 4 to 12 in, in Coney Island in the 6-0 squad, and uh, we've caught two homicides in the same tour. We'd catch one, you know, maybe 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and then uh, – 10 30 11 o'clock at night another one so we would have to split the office along with the homicide squad and go in two different directions on the two different cases so you know it happens and uh crime doesn't wait for uh you know for anyone it just it happens and you just got to run with it Let, let's let's listen a little bit to the uh detectives uh talking about the investigation here thanks commissioner if you uh feel the need to thank god today Thank God for the Western Australian Police Force. Cleo's rescue wasn't the result of an, an accidental sighting or a, a, a suspicious um, event. It was the result of hard police grind. Uh, from the moment this incident began, the Western Australian Police Force conducted themselves to the absolute highest level of professionalism. Western Australians are already incredibly proud of our police force for having kept them the safest place on the globe through this pandemic. Now they have added reason to be incredibly proud of the Western Australian police force for delivering Cleo from this nightmare and bringing a little bit of sunshine into an otherwise dark world. And uh, Chris. Thanks, Minister. Uh, look, to Ellie and Jake and the family, uh, we're so thankful. Uh, and for those of you uh, that have been hoping, wishing and praying uh, that we were able to find a little Cleo alive and give her back to you in your arms, it is just a wonderful, wonderful day. And it's a day we all hope for. Um, look, I'm just so proud of the team that I have uh, behind me, but there's 140 in this team. Uh, many of them are still at work. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of them back in Perth. Uh, we will be working through this for the next week or two at least. Uh, there's much more work yet to be done. Uh, but I'm just the proudest police commissioner, uh, I think, in the world at the moment. Um, to the team that have worked tirelessly, uh, police officers and analysts, uh, our forensic officers, the people behind the scenes, uh, our media team, they've gelled together from day one here. Uh, from the moment Inspector John Monday and the uniformed officers declared a protected forensic scene within minutes of arrival, um, that commenced an enormous operation to the outcome that is, was achieved at about 1am this morning, uh, when four officers went in and broke down the door 
and found little Cleo in a room. And as you can see, she's alive, she's safe, and she's back with mum and dad. We said we wouldn't give up. We said we would keep on searching and we dared to hope. I'd like to extend my gratitude also uh, to Premier Mark McGowan and uh, Minister Paul Papalia. The state government have stood behind the West Australian Police Force. We're not wanting for resources. Uh, they immediately uh, offered a $1 million reward. But beyond the state government, I really want to thank not only the immediate family, the town of Carnarvon stood up. We had volunteers, we had the SES, we had the army, we had private companies. Everyone wanted to achieve what actually some never thought would happen. Uh, and I really want to extend my thanks uh, to all who have been either searching, those that have sent well wishes. Uh, the police station here is full of flowers and chocolates already. Not that these blokes need it. Uh, but uh, at the same time, uh, I just really want to reinforce my thanks to all of Western Australia, indeed Australia, and I've already had messages across the country um, from police and indeed those across the world. Uh, look, I extend my thanks also to the media. You've kept this story running and front of mind for everyone. And that's really important because we needed to get these messages out. Uh, and I thank you uh, for keeping uh, the hope of finding Cleo alive, a real and a present story, which we now can all celebrate uh, in terms of this. Uh, to the people of Western Australia, you are our eyes and ears. You gave us lots of information. Uh, it's still coming in. We, one, appreciate what you've already provided for us uh, and what is yet still to come. We have one 36-year-old man in custody. Uh, he is assisting police with our inquiries at the moment. Uh, I'm not gonna elaborate further in terms of that man, other than saying he's a local man from Carnarvon, and we will be having something further to say later. Uh, I once again want to reinforce my thanks uh, to a great team, assisted by a great community. Uh, the town of Carnarvon can stand strong, and as a community, I do appeal to the community to come together as you have Yes, we have one man in custody, but that is not the town of Carnarvon. You know, that is one person. And I want the, the town of Carnarvon and everyone else to come together as a community as we move forward uh, and we can rejoice that this little girl's been found, but we need to move forward as a community as well. So with those few words, uh, thank you for your assistance and I'll invite uh, Rod Wild to say a few words. Thanks. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you, Commissioner. You I also would like to thank the community. Um, it's been a fantastic effort. From day one, we were seeking assistance. We had over a thousand calls from the community, from people around Western Australia providing information. So we're extremely grateful for that. Uh, also the media, businesses, everyone that got on board. Um, we couldn't have done this uh, without, without you. To my team as well, thank you. It was just a fantastic effort. People worked um, basically without sleep from the, from the first occurrence when this happened uh, 17, 18 days ago. They were here and they worked tirelessly. They never gave up hope and we got the result that we're all so grateful for. Take questions if you like. Right. Amazing, right? Yeah, it's so, it's so, it's sort of heartfelt to, to see that they're uh, really enjoying the fruits of their success.
and the success being that this little four-year-old girl is alive and they got a perp in custody. And uh, this is what they call spiking the football. <laughs> and that's that's perfectly okay with me right now when they have Absolutely. that type of uh, success. And I, I remember the, the elation you would get when you solve the case of this magnitude. And, you know, as I said before, you get to enjoy it for about a day or two, if that. And then the next one would come in and you'd see, all right, guys, don't, you know, rest on your laurels. That's what you would hear, right? I'm sure there was a lot of high fives when that uh, word started spreading and the guys on the scene and stuff like that. And I think with that, the uh, police commissioner was describing what I call good old fashioned police work, uh, leg work. You're out there, you know, you're, you're, you're going here, going there. Uh, they call that leg work, good old fashioned police work, whatever you want to call it. It, it, it resulted in a beautiful, beautiful uh, ending and, uh, Applause for those guys and, and that safe return of that little girl. And I just hope and pray that she's mentally okay. Because when you look at that that guy, they showed the, the video of him in the back of the ambulance. He looks like some kind of a savage. I can't even imagine how terrified she must have been when he, uh, if in fact it was him that went into that tent and grabbed her. So uh, I just hope that she's going to be uh, be okay. 100%. Uh, Jitterbug, I just wanted to thank each of you for your service. Thank you so much, Jitterbug. It takes a certain person to be solving cases and living a life now that I've been watching you. You are all amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, retired Sergeant mm -hmm. Melinda, she says, my channel. Thank you, Sergeant Melinda. We Way appreciate go, you Melinda. so much. Uh, Louise, so rare. Louise J, so rare to be able to find her alive. Happy for Absolutely. West Australia. Police humble blokes, too. I love that. I love that term, bloke. Yeah. Humble blokes too, awesome. Yeah, it, it, it is awesome. Dawn Did you Marie, catch what he said? He was saying they got stuff inside. I guess I don't. I, I didn't catch what he said. He said something about people must have sent or somebody must have sent some food or donuts or something. But he's like, not that these blokes need it. Uh, my king of kings, they deserve a bonus. Absolutely, they do deserve a bonus. Uh, uh, I'm just gonna read some of the chat. Um, boxing MMA, Vlad Riot. Uh, Sorry, I never heard of it. Must be a big case. Uh, Tony Lee Blair, most shows come through at 3 or 4 a.m. here in Australia, so love to catch live. That's great. We got some Aussies following us. You should be very pl proud of your police. They did an unbelievable job. I'm just going to go. I know uh, I saw Joe Murray was in the chat. Uh, he didn't infuriate anyone that I could see. He must have been uh, making friends. But I'm just going to put up his little uh, flyer here, and uh, Phil's going to read it. <laughs> Joe Murray is in the chat. I saw that, and I know he's probably just as elated as we are, along with Angie Ang, that this young lady was found alive and well. God bless. Have you found yourself in a jam? Are you in need of legal counsel in the New York area? Do you need a victim's advocate? Well, Joe Murray is your man. He's not only an experienced trial attorney, he's also trial attorney. He's also a retired 15-year member of the NYPD. He knows both sides of the fence. His website is jmurray-law.com. That's jmurray-law.com. His telephone number is 646-838-1702, 646-838-1702. Or you could email Joe at joe at jmurray-law.com. That's joe at jmurray-law.com. You know, Joe is supposed to be starting his own channel. but Yeah, uh, I meant to ask you about that. I kept forgetting. So, it was yeah. Supposed, it was supposed yeah. to happen on the um, – on the 13th of November, but then I think he's pushing it into December or maybe even to the first of the year. Uh, very exciting. Very exciting. So I, I don't know. Uh, 
but Joe's going to find out that this isn't as easy as it looks, you know? Wow. And I know he's a great guest, but wait a little, I, I know Angie's going to be doing all the work. So it'll, yeah, be, it'll, be, sure. it'll be easy for Joe. Uh, She's going to have a full-time job on her hands with this stuff. That's right. Retired Sergeant Melinda. Thank you all at Bill and Phil for having this channel, especially sharing this with us all over the world. The best of the best here, Australia. Thumbs up. Let Australia gloat in the success of finding this beautiful little girl and uh, saving her life, you know. Uh, Kay Elliott, I'm going to read you what you posted. Our hearts are full knowing Cleo is home safe, but they also break for the children who are still missing. I've been following the Summer Wells case and my heart breaks for that little girl. We've been following that from the beginning also, and that breaks our heart too. And the facts are a little bit, a lot bit different on that case. And, um, you know, we still want to find Summer. Uh, and we'll hopefully, hopefully we'll find Summer alive. That's what we're all praying for. That but, would be the uh, best if that would happen. Yeah, point. I mean, there's been so much. Uh, Linda Petrovich, hello, Sergeant Bill and Detective Phil. I saw you guys, uh, saw you alive. Yeah. Uh, Aussie International Borders are open now. Uh, Linda Bianchini, Lone Wolf, right on. I don't know what Lone Wolf said. I'm just reading some of your chats here. Uh, all you folks in the green uh, in the green font that means you're members of the police off the cuff family and we really appreciate you guys for supporting us and being our fans I know some of you like to be called subscribers but I call you our fans and I, I hope you don't mind that I think that's admirable, admirable to be a fan you know uh, but thank you so much Dawn Marie um, Misty Kate Joe Murray, happy early birthday. I didn't even know it was going to be Joe oh, Murray's birthday. Happy birthday, Joe. Joe Murray, you know, uh, he's uh, he's an amazing guy. And every time we put him on, people want more Joe Murray. And I'm like, hey, take it easy. You know, take it easy. There, there he is. You want more Joe Murray? <laughs> I'll, give, I, I'll give you some Joe Murray. I keep that I keep that picture stored in case I have to uh, pull it up at ever. You know, what do you want from me? That's what he's saying, though, right? Yeah. But, are you uh, kidding me? Are you kidding me? What do you want? Yeah, I charge five fifty an hour. What about it? <laughs> what do you mean you can't pay your bill? <laughs> there he is. He's laughing in the chat right now. You know, God bless him. He's a good man, Joe. He's he is good a good man. man. He's a good man. Maui Swift, great to see you here. Uh, Maui Swift. You know, I see a lot of you. Know what's amazing to me, and, and and I love you guys, is that I do my show, Coffee with Ken, in, in the early afternoon, and a lot of the folks I'm seeing in the chat. Or at Coffee with Cannon earlier in the day. And it's so, it's wonderful to see you guys here, you know. I love the Coffee with Cannon. Bill, I got to make a quick comment about it. Earlier today, when you were on, I, I read a couple of the chats and some people were talking about good cop, bad cop. Now, good cop, bad cop, when it comes to interview and interrogation, sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes I was the good cop, sometimes I was the bad cop, depending on, you know, the, the dynamic and the, uh, you know, what was going on between us and the bad guy. But I got to tell you, in a case like this, I always start out every interview nice. And as long as you're giving me respect, I'm giving you respect. But like that, I could become bad cop in a case like this or, you know, a, a case where uh, innocent little children or, you know, any anything severe like that. I could become bad cop real easy. And somebody mentioned that. They said, oh, I think he could become bad cop real easy. But you're right about that. You know, I, I didn't even, because we weren't concentrating that much on the chat tonight. I didn't realize it's Joe Murray's birthday. So, and uh, it's, to salute him on his birthday, I'll pull up that uh, that picture of him. And all you guys could uh, 
that don't know Joe Murray. There he is in his. Uh, is that that's is him that a, before his his disguised beard? <laughs> that, that's right. Before his Dinty Moore, uh, he was yeah. the, the guy in the Dinty Moore stew can. You know. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I, I, it's not that often that we get to cover a great case like this where there's a happy Absolutely. ending. And I'm so uh, thrilled that we got to cover this case. And I'm so thrilled that there's a happy ending because according to statistics, there's um, approximately 25,000 young people are reported missing every year in Australia. I can imagine what it is in the U.S. It must be a double or triple that, you know. So this is a real problem. And... Uh, this case was a pleasure to cover because this young girl, Cleo Smith, is live and she's back with her family. Uh, Phil, we just we hit the hour point here. Uh, you got any uh, last words before we uh, we say goodbye? I am just elated to be part of Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories Number One, and specifically today with this case that we were able to talk about uh, all the great things that uh, seem to be happening. Again, salute to the uh, West Australian police. Uh, thanks so much, Bill, for having me on today. It, it was really a good day, and uh, I love doing it. And uh, good luck to Joe on his show. And you, what do you think, Bill? You think he'll ask us to come on? Oh, my God. If he doesn't, he's in trouble. <laughs> he's in yeah. a lot of trouble. <laughs> if he doesn't ask us to be a guest on his show, are you yeah. kidding me? I may have to I'm go in his. To I may it. have to go in his chat and get removed by his moderators. You know, <laughs> right? There might be some choice words, right? They'll say, "Hey, remove that guy. We don't like what he's saying." You know, but uh, yeah. Thank you, Happy guys. Happy early birthday, Joe. Yeah, thank you guys so much for uh, coming by. And like us, I'm sure you're related by this case. On behalf of Bill Cannon uh, and Phil Grimaldi, police off the cuff, real crime stories. Have a great night, everybody. Stay safe, everyone, and subscribe, subscribe. That's right. One episode, just ain't enough.